0: Hey The time has come, on the air since 2009, the independently produced, non-FCC compliant champ of video game talk podcasting. Here comes Tiger Claw Radio. Here's your host, Critical Failure. Welcome everybody. Let's turn that down a little bit with my headphones so I can hear myself think. Yes. There we go. It's Tiger Claw Radio, everybody. Yes, indeed. So, this week, Microsoft has purchased Blizzard Activision. Wow, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> We're going to talk about that in detail, but let's open things up with a chip tune. One more from the Commodore Plus Four collection from BattleOfTheBits.org. You're listening to Tiger Claw Radio. for, I don't know how long, they've got all sorts of misconduct going on in their offices, long-running misconduct, they've got walkouts, they've got people upset at them, uh, they've got, you know, and on top of all that, even without those problems, it's Blizzard. You know what I mean? (laughs) So, I... eh, eh. So as soon as I heard this news, my mind immediately went to the Microsoft Mojang acquisition and what's happened with Minecraft since then. Because usually when an acquisition uh, uh, makes headlines in the video game world, it's usually EA eating a company, isn't it? And it's usually like a tragic thing. EA eats uh, Maxis, EA eats Bullfrog, EA eats, uh, what else, Westwood Studios, and those all just ended in just heartbreak. Um, but when when Microsoft took Mojang, they, Mojang was already burnt out on making Minecraft. At least Notch was. And they... they the updates were slow, and it was—it was still a great game, but you know, Microsoft took that and they turned it into um, a middle-of-the-road content farm, where I—you could argue—they haven't really made the game better, but at least they've continued working on it. At least it still exists. Do you know what I mean? Westwood Studios doesn't exist anymore. Maxis doesn't exist anymore. At least Minecraft and Mojang exist. So because of that, when they you know, when I heard the news that they acquired Blizzard, it I'm gonna be honest, the vibe was positive for me. Maybe they'll do something awesome with... uh, Maybe you'll be able to launch World of Warcraft from your Minecraft client now. (laughs) One thing is for sure. If you have any interest in getting uh, the original Diablo or uh, Warcraft 1 or 2 off of GOG.com, you better get over there like today or tomorrow and get those right away because I don't see Minecraft... Excuse me, Minecraft. I don't see Microsoft letting those things fly. You know what I mean? Think back to Duke Nukem. Gearbox acquired Duke Nukem um, so that they could work on it and release Duke Nukem forever, whatever. But once they got a hold of the title, what did they do? They wiped the old Duke Nukem titles off of all of the... uh, digital distribution platforms. To this day, you can't buy uh, uh, Duke Nukem 1 or 2 anymore. And those were available on Steam. (laughs) uh, And and they had just made a Duke Nukem 3D port, like uh, like an enhanced edition. And they pulled that, too, and released another one. (laughs) So that's what I foresee happening in this case. It's a little side note, you know, whatever. But uh, but uh, if you're interested in having you know that Warcraft 2 Battle.net edition on on GOG, you eh, might want to go pick it up. Just saying, you never know. Just some cursory research on the acquisition. It was a big money deal. Okay, there was a a a, a chart, and I have to look it up again of Microsoft's acquisitions in the last you know however many years. This was a $68.7 billion acquisition. This is, I mean, the the term big money doesn't even begin to describe it. You know, and uh, Minecraft was acquired for what? $2.2 billion somewhere in the $2 billion neighborhood. Suddenly that seems really small, doesn't it? Um, and I know the CEO whose name escapes me is, is uh, uh, looking at stepping down. Post, uh, post-acquisition, post presumably, so that he doesn't get, you know, canned. But, uh, yeah, stepping down with a big payoff in his pocket. So, big changes. None of that really matters to me, you know, to be perfectly honest. And none of that matters to me. What matters is the games. Mm, so, you know, we'll see. I am a little worried to see all the consolidation you know, in the uh, uh, in the, the video game world, because now they've got Bethesda, uh, Microsoft has Bethesda games. They've also got Minecraft, and now they got Blizzard. That's all it's, it's all under a single company. Um, so that's a little worrisome. On the other hand, my interest in AAA gaming has been zero for a long time, so I'm not that worried. I don't know. I'm way more interested in like game jams. And really flawed games coming from single developers. That interests me way more. Um, So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Shifting gears for a second. I recorded a van cast the other night. Let's go there now. In the van again here on Tiger Claw Radio. It's 8.44 p.m. I'm headed out to pick up dinner for my family. It's 45 degrees out. There's snow on the ground here in Maryland. We had snow a couple days back. Not a lot, just like an inch or two, but it froze over, which it's been a while since we've experienced ice like that. Last winter, it was really, really mild. We didn't get much at all. So uh, this is my first time out since then, after being inside for a day or so, uh, which is kind of nice. Looking forward to getting some Chipotle. uh, And, okay, so the Hitman series, all right? This is what I've been playing the past couple nights, and I wanted to bring it up. Um, I can't remember what it was that got me to play this, but I opened up Hitman 2. Uh, Hitman 2 Silent Assassin, so the old Hitman 2. Um, And I have that in Steam, so I installed it and, and gave it a try. I've played this game before, and... It seemed like a really good game, but it was too, like... I remember the last time I tried it, it seemed too complex for me. This time, I really got it, and I got into it, and it was awesome. Um, The first time I played it was back on the PS2. I can't remember what year it was, but I do remember I picked it up at uh, a pawn shop for, like, $8. um, And I brought it back, and I played that first mission. And I think it might just be, like, a console versus PC thing, but playing it on a controller, having to use the buttons to manipulate, like the, the shoulder buttons to manipulate which ones uh, shift through your items and stuff and all that, It just I couldn't get the hang of it, so I had this uh, uh, impression that, okay, this is a good game, but I'm just not good enough at it to make it work, to have fun with it, uh, and that was okay, I, I don't have a problem with that, I don't have to be good at everything, <coughs> Oh, but uh, now after reinstalling it, mm, yeah, very good, very good. Now I'm using the keyboard, so I can. Uh, um, I'm much more attuned to doing a bunch of weird commands at once, and it feels very fluid after just a little bit of practice. Not a perfect game; it does have its glitches. Uh, you know, it is from what, what like 2008 or something like that. No, 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 I don't know. Earlier 2002. I I don't know. Look it up. You know, the the, the second Hitman game. Um, and it really got me into the, the idea, or the concept of wanting to check the franchise out. Uh, because people, people really dig the Hitman games. And I've known that they were a thing that is good, but I haven't really known what's good about them. I even, like, over the years, I dutifully collected the Hitman games as they went on sale on Steam. So I have, uh, I don't know, the whole collection, because I think there's some, like ones that came out in the last year or so that I don't have but I have like the, the the first four all the way up through Blood Money and then I have whatever one comes after Blood Money that's five games <laughs> you know It's a lot of Hitman <laughs> that I just have already and have been sitting on for years so that's always fun to rediscover something that's been in the backlog for a long time that I have already, didn't have to spend any additional money to to uh, play it, and it's been great. It's really like, this is the dream of people who maintain a backlog, that this will happen. And it really rarely does, uh, if I'm being honest. But this time it did, which is awesome. And not only is it good, but uh, because it's old, and because the Steam version supports cloud saving, I have like my main rig upstairs in my office, and then in the bedroom, I have that little cheap laptop, and uh, yeah, I'm able to work on the same save file uh, on each uh, device You know, whenever I can find a moment, which is super cool. I got through, based on a list of missions, it looks like I'm at almost the halfway mark, like 45% of the way through or something like that. If you've played through it all the way, to put it in perspective, uh I, I reached a set of levels where you're trying to cross a huge like snowfield. And I thought the game was awesome up until that point. I thought that's when it kind of lost me. Cause then it stopped feeling like Hitman and started feeling more like a Metal Gear game or something. You know, either snipers and you're like trying to cross this, this big, you know, snowfield and trying to stay hidden and stuff. Um it kind of lost me there but I got to what I believe is the end of that portion and that's where I left off and I did that early this morning before I work and I'm actually kind of psyched to play it again so that's Hitman I'm, I'm pretty sure I still have my PS2 game from all those years ago that's just been sitting unplayed in my collection uh, for I don't even know how long but I'll have to check on that alright hang on a second let me get the food All right, done with Chipotle. I got a bag here of food and it's talking to me. My steak bowl is saying, shh, it's gonna be okay. Mmm, steak bowl. Boy, I need it, because now I'm stuck in a weird traffic situation in this uh, awful parking lot. And I think we're going to be okay. Look at that. See, the steak bowl was right. Thank you, steak bowl. You got me through. So we were talking about Hitman. Um, and those games, you know, they are what they are. Take them or leave them. A couple things, uh, before I move on, and leave that one behind me. I also booted up just on a lark, uh, what I believe to be the original Hitman game, the one that started the franchise, Hitman Codename 47, um, And that game, woo! Primitive. Primitive. Very primitive. I had played it before, I don't know when, but a long time ago. And whenever I played it before, I was not impressed, because I had marked it in my awful games category in Steam, and then at some point subsequently hidden it. But I reinstalled it, and I gave it a shot. Uh, And it's old enough that by default it uses the... Uh, the number pad keys so if you have a laptop keyboard then you're either going to have to remap the keys or get an external keyboard or I don't know what Uh, because it definitely uses those right out of the box that's just apart from being just uh, incredibly janky (laughs) janktastic and also uh, realistic with how much damage you can take So, if you get shot, you are dead. (laughs) Unlike Hitman 2 Silent Assassin, where you can take, you know, like six bullets to the face. And more or less be okay. So, yeah, expect a lot of reloading in the original uh, Hitman game. This time around, I definitely only tried that for a few minutes on a lark to see, you know, just to, to see what it was like. Hitman 2, that's where it's at. Hitman 2, and if I'm still down with Hitman, once I finish that game, then blood money. Because that's the other one everyone seems to like, and that's the one that supports mods. And you know how how I am. I go to where the mods are. Because that's just that's just what it is. Um, cheap games. Very, very cheap. So if you're a PC uh, person... I would recommend that. You know what isn't cheap, though? A physical copy of Hitman Codename 47, despite being old and janky. Uh, big box, 50 bucks, something like that. And it seems like it was a PC-exclusive game. I didn't see it available for any consoles. It's not like it was a PS2 game or anything like that. Oh, yeah, big box. That kind of shocked me. I was sure that would have been like, an like I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting, like... like a, Xbox or something, but uh, yeah, no, PC exclusive, IDOS game, but that's just what I've been up to here lately, that's, you know, none of those games are new by any stretch of the imagination, and uh, the big time sales have come and gone, so you just have to keep your eyes peeled if you want to pick one up, Uh, but yeah, uh, with that, I think I'm going to send you guys back to the studio, I will see you there. Back again in the studio, just a quick update. That uh, steak bowl was so good, I wish I was eating it right now. Let's listen to a chip tune. you will listening to Tiger Claw Radio. That's Galgox on Tiger Claw Radio. Um, so there was a thing that happened in the, the gaming world uh, a little while back, a couple weeks ago, that I didn't really mention here on the air. And that was John Madden. John Madden passed away. And uh, Madden games had been a bit of a meme for me when it comes to gaming. But uh, it's, it's, it's easy to forget that the Madden series as it turns out like was a big achievement when it came out and I was listening to a podcast called the Retro Game Club featuring Hughes Johnson and their latest episode they did a great job covering um, some of the things that happened early on in the lifespan of, of John Madden football for instance apparently John Madden refused to put his name on it until it was 11 on 11 football which the Hardware at the time couldn't handle. Um, And that makes sense because I remember playing Atari football and it being so bad that it got me out of the Atari for years. (laughs) So just because Madden comes out every single year and you can get the last year's Madden for like a dollar doesn't mean it's an awful game. That game's really great, and also Madden was a human being, so there's that too. So uh, yeah, sip a hot tea for John Madden, uh, rust and pepperoni, and thanks for all the video games. Mm. And if you want to hear more about that, check out the Retro Game Club, because they did a really good job—a better job than I'm doing when it comes to uh, Madden. Um, but yeah, that's the thing that happened. <laughs> I uh, so I made that video last week about getting a mean comment and it was unfortunate but that guy went through and deleted all, all his comments. Give me a sec. Yeah, they're all gone, which is awful cuz there was it w- was a, it was a really sweet story. Um so what I want to do is, since they're all gone, the only evidence I have is the screenshots that w- that I took. And they're from an account labeled, All Hands on Steam Deck. And he says, Anyone still doubting the Steam Deck doesn't deserve one. And will be super jealous when they miss the boat and everyone's playing Halo Infinite and walking down the street. Uh, Later, he goes on to say, I wasted an hour of my life to some weirdo talking to himself, thinking I would hear some Steam Deck news. What a waste of time and space. And it's unfortunate because I don't think those comments are that bad. I mean, a weirdo talking to himself for an hour, is, is he really wrong? I, I, I don't think so. It's not particularly nice, but it's not that bad. And the reason I like this story is because after I made that video where I kind of poked fun back a little bit, he left another comment that was like, this made me laugh for 10 minutes straight. And I was like, that's awesome. That's a story that ended in a, uh, a, a good way. And I think I embarrassed him because he went through and just deleted everything. That's unfortunate. But, uh, yeah, you don't get those kinds of comments unless people who uh, don't know you are finding your videos, which is something I honestly I never thought would happen again on YouTube. I thought that was the end. I thought, uh, you're too old, Grandpa. We're, we're burying you to make room for the younger generation, see? We want to see people uh, unboxing their Fortnite cards or whatever. Um, yeah, so that was, that was a cool thing. Um, but I tell you what, that said, uh, let's see some of the actual comments we got, because there were a couple of, of, uh, genuine questions slash comments. Eric Kentroller says, I'd ask your brother, uh, if he's got a computer, and if he does, show him how to download an NES emulator. Most computers these days can handle an NES emulator just fine. Also, A linkedin old-fashioned NES controller you can plug into a computer. Might take a little bit of learning, but once he figures it out, the world of the NES is open to him. Any game he can remember is but a few clicks away. If you really want to get into my world, best be getting yourself a gaming computer because if you start playing Seven Days to Die or The Forest with friends and or family, almost anyone will see the light. That's my two cents anyhow. Uh, I never played The Forest. Was that any good? I played Seven Days to Die, and I had a hard time getting into it, but it was, like, several years ago now, so I actually reinstalled it to give it another shot. I haven't loaded it up yet, but we'll see how that goes. As far as getting uh, my older brother into emulators, I don't know. I don't know. I, I agree that that's, like... If you think back, that's what got me into emulators and PC gaming was, you know, the, the discovery in 1998 or, or whatever, whenever it was that uh, I could download Nesticle and carry a you know, three and a quarter inch floppy disk uh, with like seven or eight games or however many it was back from my buddy's house because my buddy had America Online and we could, uh, we could cruise ROM sites back in those days. That was exactly what opened the door for us was an NES emulator. So this is a very logical answer, but this guy does not like sitting down at his computer to turn it on for entertainment, so I'd have better luck like getting a Raspberry Pi and then just like preloading it with a torrent of NES games. Uh, but that would take some cash, and if I did that and got it all set up, the, eh, it might get unused, I don't know. I don't know, but I know he has an actual Nintendo, so I am thinking about the AliExpress route just, you know, picking up some sort of reproduction for a couple of dollars, sending it his way in a couple of months when it makes it over on the slow boat, you know. But yeah, it's good times. Uh, Eric, man, good to hear from you, brother. I hope you're doing well. Um... We got one from Mechamantis who writes, "Did you thumbs up this person? Did you thumbs up this person's comment? Sometimes I heart mean comments on my vids as a form of sarcasm. I never thumbs them up and I never thumbs down. I never thumbs them up and I never thumb up my own comments. Yeah, I did. I did thumb it up because it honestly made me laugh. I had a good time with it." <laughs> uh, 16bitter says, "The funniest thing about that comment is that the Steam Deck doesn't currently support Halo Infinite, according to people who have one." Yeah, that is also pretty funny. Uh Gaming Beast eighty two, good old Sean says, more like Steam Drek or Steaming Turd deck. Just another Gabin gimmick to avoid making Half-Life 3 and collecting them Steam Bucks. Lol. You know, I, I mean it's a little bit of a cliche, but you're not wrong. Again, it, it, this making Half-Life 3 is not a profitable venture for Steam right now. It's it's it would take way more effort than running their platform, and it would produce, you know, way less revenue, and also carry with it a lot of risk like if they made Half-Life 3 at this point, and it were a steaming turd it could, you know, it could alienate some of their fan base. so it's a much smarter business decision at this point to not make it, and as a video game fan, at this point I'd rather just not see it come out I honestly don't want to see Half-Life 3 come out and be awful. I don't know if I could handle that. (laughs) I'm not as invested as most people, though. I didn't even play through Half-Life 2, you know, uh, any of the versions of Half-Life 2. (laughs) Mecha Menace writes, This video is almost leet, talking about the gaming bundle uh, video I made. Swingle saying this is the most accurate depiction of a typical bundle buyer. Hey, here are all these games. I don't really want any of them, though. (laughs) Which was the vibe I was going for. Desm101 says, if you need upscaler recommendations, I think um, the best out currently are Retro Tink Units. The 2X Mini goes for about $80, and it'll take one of those old composite signals and make them easily display on a modern TV without much hassle. Sadly, they're sold out of the moment, so you can probably find other models on eBay. I've imported a few new Famicom games. JJ, which is a sequel to 3D World Runner, is pretty cool. Also, a Hino Toki uh, um, Konami game based on a manga by the creator of Astro Boy. I'm waiting for Layla to arrive uh, at some point soon, also. It's a run-and-gun action platformer with a cutesy character uh, who eats cake and sweets. Lol. <laughs> I gotta get out my Famiclone and plug it back in, because I got some sweet Famicom games, man. Famicom is still... It, as as bad as uh, as as retro game gaming has gotten to collect for physically... Um, Famicom games are still awesome Let's take a look and see What we got now Famicom uh, Cart See how much these games go for Because when I was collecting these a couple years back They were way cheaper than NES games And a lot of the programs are the same You know Regardless of the system Akari Nintendo Famicom Cart only for 10 bucks. Yeah that looks pretty neat Except that it's a Kari Warrior <laughs> Uh Star Fox for the Super Nintendo for Super Famicom for uh, fourteen dollars. Buy it now. Uh, yeah, there's some cool stuff here. The trick is let's see what the cheap stuff is. Lowest first. Now we're gonna see some real garbage. Morio Pro Yaku Baseball five ninety nine. That's including shipping. Uh, got some miscellaneous games for the Super Famicom. Oh, hey, Mario Paint for six, seven, eight, nine. Ah, this kind of makes me want to order some more imports. Golly. Scroll down just a little bit more. I see something that's not Pachinko. Um, uh, Sim City for the Super Famicom. I have the American game, but that's that's such a classic. Um. What breaks my heart is the RPGs. It really does. Look at this. Dragon Quest 3, cart only, 7.99. Could you imagine Dragon Quest 3, or excuse me, Dragon Warrior 3 on the American Nintendo going for 7 freaking 99? I don't really play my Nintendo anymore. I would buy that right now. And I and and you know what that would be the game. I would get that for 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 for, you know, 12 bucks. It's still like, oh my gosh, what a steal. Can you imagine? I would buy that and just wrap it up in newspaper and send it to my brother. Hey, we played this game when we were kids, you remember? Dragon Warrior 3 was actually the first RPG I ever saw. Told the story on the air before many times, but it's one of those things where I tell it a lot because I like to go there in my head. We used to uh, have to hide our Nintendos because my parents would break them. Oop, hang on. Who's trying to get me on my Pahone? Video games were uh, persona non grata for a good period of time in my um, uh, in my house when I was a kid. Oh my gosh! Shut up! Shut up, phone! Sometimes I hate cell phones. What are you gonna do? Um. So yeah, they would. My my dad would break them. You know, you get out a hammer and go really berserk and just break it up and stuff. Uh, in fact, I was talking to my older brother about this. And he told me that there was a time where my dad ran over a Nintendo with his minivan, and he was still able to make it work. I don't remember that, but I was younger at the time, so I would definitely, uh, I would definitely take it to the bank as something that really happened. I remember my dad wailing on, a, on an NES with a cane, because he was an amputee, so he walked with a metal cane. And he just was, like, crushing this NES that was on the ground and just banging holes in it and bending the, the the metal, you know, shield parts inside. And we were able to get some pliers and bend it back into shape and make it work. Um and my favorite story is he tried to destroy an snes with a rubber mallet now the snes compare especially compared to the nes was an ultra durable system i mean physically durable this is not to say anything about the yellowing that happened over time or anything about the you know the parts inside or how the cartridges read. i'm just talking about the physical build quality and he had a rubber mallet, which, by the way, you can destroy an NES with a rubber mallet. It's not my, you know, weapon of choice if I'm going to take an NES out, but it'll work. He tried to do it with an SNES for 20 minutes, and we were all just holding our breath. It's like watching watching a dogfight, you know? <laughs> I don't know which side's going to win, but whatever happens just feels dirty. <laughs> um, so here he is trying to break this Super Nintendo, and he couldn't do it. And when he finally gave up, we kept it and it worked and we still used it. But anyway, you can get the, the, the vibe that was in the house at the time when it comes to video games. So somehow, so in the basement of our house, my dad had a workshop with, with woodworking tools and, and, you know, all the stuff that men had, you know, in the, <laughs> who, who grew up in the 50s and 60s or whatever. Tools and, you know, stuff, stuff. Uh, it was it was unfinished. There was no carpet, and there were paint splotches all over the floor because um, he just didn't care. <laughs> and uh, he had a workbench and and a stool that had a like a, like a bar stool with a cushion that was ripped. Uh, and he never went down there because he was an amputee. So by the time I was you know coming up, he was already like starting to age, and doing the stairs to get down there was very difficult for him. So he like never went down there anymore. So somehow my brothers got a hold of a TV somehow and a Nintendo and they took all of that stuff and they put it under his workbench. So what they would do is they'd go downstairs and they would turn off the, the lights in the workshop would be out and they'd turn on the Nintendo. They'd turn on the TV and they would quietly play in the secret hideout. They didn't let me in on that secret. I walked in while they were playing. And there on the screen in this hidden utopia of video games, this video game oasis amidst the storms of World War Nintendo, uh, was the first RPG I ever laid eyes on, Dragon Warrior 3. And I didn't play the first Dragon Warrior until like a couple years later. Um, Because this was... When this story took place, this is when Nintendo, the original NES, was the thing in my house. And when the Super Nintendo came out... None of my brothers cared about the NES anymore. The NES was old, it was uninteresting, it was garbage, it was a turd, it was inferior, it was not what anybody wanted. Okay. Um, so, by that time, when that was when I started collecting for the NES, and at that point, Dragon Warrior 3 was already gone, at least locally. So, I never played Dragon Warrior 3 again. Even today, I don't think I ever played it again, apart from loading it up, like, the ROM up just to test it. But I only remember bits and pieces about it. I remember there was a day and night cycle, and I remember grinding a little bit, and I remember when I first played Dragon Warrior 1, thinking, wow, the theme song sounds the same. Oh, oh but there's no other, you know, party members. That's weird. And that's it. <laughs> and here it is, the the, the Famicom version for seven freaking 99 this is the kind of price that was like you know back in 2007 when it was like yeah it's cool to collect retro games because look what you can get for eight bucks you know that's gone it's gone now brother the only catch good luck trying to read it uh so i don't know if you want to get yourself a cart reader you can dump the rom and patch it because you know what what franchise is bigger than Dragon Quest? I'm sure you'll be able to get it get it uh, uh patched into English. But uh, yeah, the point I'm trying to make is still good games that you can get for a Famicom um, or a Super Famicom. It's it's still as bad as cartridge gaming has gotten to collect for. This still seems extremely viable. Spy vs Spy on the Famicom for ten bucks. Well, we're getting up to ten bucks now. I bet you could get a decent NES game for ten bucks. I think we might be at the break-even point. What does Spy vs. Spy go for on the NES now? Spy vs. Spy NES. I have that game already, but uh, just to say, yeah, Spy vs. Spy for the NES, we're looking at $10.79, um, 9 dollars So $11, a little less than $11 for the um, for the American NES cart, North American NES cart. That's it's like the break-even point. I would say that's still a good time. That's a good game. It's a bad game to play solo. But if you got somebody who will play with you, there's, there's a lot of fun to be had, man. <clears throat> um, yeah. So, long story short, I want to get out my box of Famicom games. And that's where I was going with that old story about my dad destroying stuff. Oh yeah, another funny story that my brother told me that I had forgotten about was that at one point my mother banned him from playing Zelda 2. Because she saw uh, that there was a magic meter on the screen. And she didn't want him practicing magic. So he couldn't play Zelda 2. Because it had magic in it. she let that sink in for a minute. (laughs) I don't want to be angry about these things anymore. My mom is very sick. And, you know, she, she... was trying to do the best she could to protect us But uh, it is a funny story I would much rather us all have a good laugh At how, how weird that sounds uh, Than be angry at my poor mother <laughs> um, But yeah, that's a thing that happened You know, God bless my mom, she did the best she could um, But she wouldn't let him play Zelda for a while <laughs> Well, boys and girls, I wish I could wrap it up a bit more officially, but I ran out of time for recording today, so, so that's the week. Thanks very much for listening to Tiger Claw Radio. Make sure you join us on the Discord, and take care of yourselves. See you next week.